0: Welcome everyone to the MedTech Business Academy's Women in MedTech podcast. I'm Colleen Patterson, and I'm here today with my co hosts Barbara Strain, Abby Norfleet, and Stephanie Pitts. Joining us today for our conversation are Pat Dino and Lindsay Roddy from the Roddy Medical Team. Pat is the Chief Operating Officer with over 30 years of experience in medical device, biotech, and pharma. And Lindsay is the Founder and CEO of Roddy Medical, an organization aiming to improve clinical and patient safety with an innovative new medical device. You may also remember hearing them mentioned in episode 38 of the podcast featuring Sansiel. Welcome Lindsay and Pat, we're happy to have you here today.
1: Thank you so much, Colleen. Okay, great
0: to be here. Yes, I'm actually going to pass over the first question of our conversation to Barbara, because I know you guys have been working together for a little while now. So Barbara, why don't you go ahead and lead us off?
2: Great, thanks, Colleen. Yeah, it's really a pleasure to see Lindsay and Pat again and uh, to have them sort of share their story. I'm going to jump off with Lindsay. Lindsay's a nurse, and she practiced at the bedside. So, in this sort of female-oriented role as a nurse, um, what sort of adjustments and things did you have to make when you took that leap into into business?
3: Yeah, I think it was a, it was a gradual transition, right? It. It is interesting when you go from a very female-dominated profession into a place where there are a lot of men, and Pat will speak to that, I think, later, where um, she's often been the only woman in the room. And so I think there is an adjustment when it comes to communication style, when it comes to um, how you operate, not only from a business perspective, but then also going from being a nurse to being in a business space. There's just a different way. And I'm seeing Stephanie Pitts nod her head because she's with me as as a fellow nurse and and probably, you know, and Abby, I'm sure you can comment on that too. But that transition from being a nurse and having a certain skill set to then having to flex and change and learn. And I think a lot of the skills as a nurse are able to be patterned over well, where you are triaging what is most important on a day-to-day, sometimes minute by minute, You are um, having to um, focus on communication skills and aligning value between yourself and your patients um, to be able to get things done and to be able to move things forward where everybody's on the same page. It was a big, it was the way that I describe it to many is it was definitely a trial by fire. I had not had business experience or med device experience. But I am so grateful that I am now in this space because it has been so fun. It has been so neat to learn from other professionals that are from completely different backgrounds than me, including Pat. Um, A lot of learning there. And so I think, does that answer your question, Barbara? I think there was a lot of, um, yeah, it is very different when now you're working with a group that's not mostly women anymore. You you know,
0: it is very different.
2: So yeah, that we, transition we push can, Lindsay's button, so you can tell how passionate <laughs> she is. So
0: that that transition can be challenging. And one of the things that I always find really interesting is hearing that you know when you're thinking about going into med device, you know how do you find the team of people around you? We had someone on in our recent podcast who talked about you know hey I started with family and you know people that are really in my inner circle. You know did was that a same opportunity or approach that you took or how did you and Pat get linked?
3: Oh well, yes. So I started actually in some programming through. Then it was through our university here in Milwaukee locally, but uh, through the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. But into the National Science Foundation Innovation Corps program, which the whole goal of their programming and those of you who know Lean Launch and some of the other tactics for innovating that come out of Stanford University and the West Coast, they incorporate a lot of these things. Um, and so I got involved in this program through the university, I was the only nurse there. And, um, and it was inspired by, again, I think we'll get into the story a little bit later, but this incident that I had with a patient that almost cost him his life. And, and so they get, they tell you, go out, talk to people you are trying to, you think, you know, you think you have a problem and this is my problem. This is the problem I'm trying to solve, but they want you to go talk to people in your field, go talk to people out of your field and validate if that is what all around the problem all the different aspects of the problem and uh to then start to build a business case and a business model. And so it was getting out of the room, talking to not only it ended up being um, oh, well over 150 clinicians, a lot of nurses to really validate, because I'm one nurse, right? I've experienced a problem and I'll I think probably speak to that a little later in the podcast. But talking to my fellow nurse colleagues, what do they do? How do they how do they deal with this issue to physicians, to therapists were Uh, such an important group that we spoke to who are moving and working with patients all the time when it comes to um, solving tube line cord management issues, which is our sweet spot. And, um, and so then you always ask, well, who who else should I be talking to? And so building that network was so important and delving into the areas. um, As you get more questions, you keep seeking people with the answers and that helped connect me with people in different, with different experiences and different expertise like Pat. So it started with Kyle Jansen, who is our uh, director of engineering, because, you know, where we were making a product, so I needed, we needed a good engineer. And, um, and so he and I linked arms as it were, and did rapid prototyping together. And, and then I, we talked to FDA consultants, et cetera. Um, And it was when we, we ran out of our skill expertise, getting the product to move forward to that next level. we We didn't know what that next step was. And that's when I was at a panel speaking on a panel discussion for our one of our local academic centers. And we met Pat through a mentor who I met through this program. just a lot of networking, mm-hmm. a lot of networking and a lot of talking to people and asking a lot of questions. And then having them, you know, see, you know, in interviewing all of those nurses, we wrote down what they said and the issues that they had been experiencing over and over again, your like major safety events, injuries that they had experienced. And when you say, you know, when you're able to show that that data, when you're able to say, nurses are experiencing this and I'm not just making this up. Here's, you know, teen, 20, 30, 40 interviews with people who say, who said that this was, that this almost cost their patient their life or this happened or... Like people start to listen and they want to be part of something to change the status quo for the better. And I think that's how the team started to be built. And I'll let Pat comment on that, too, if she wants to.
0: And Pat, I'd love to also hear, um, as you share, how you, you know, how you found Lindsay from your perspective, as well as what was it about their product and goals that that really spoke to you about making a change and joining their team?
1: Sure. So. as Lindsay mentioned, we met through a mutual um, mentor for her, but um, I was mentoring in this National Science Foundation i program, and that was one of the um, things that Lindsay had participated in, but we were not hooked up at that time. We were not connected as, as a mentor, um, but through the program, because of my background in medical device development and, and pharma development, they were pairing me with med device companies, um, so Through that, um, our, our mutual contact said, you need to meet Lindsay Roddy. She's speaking at this event. You need to go and, and, you know, here we'll, we'll introduce you. So I had no, I didn't know what anything about what she was doing other than she was creating a device. And so that was, I heard her talk. I heard her talk about being an entrepreneur and, um, her first comments were you know you are the person that has to do it all there's isn't, there isn't somebody there that's going to do it for you you learn and you you learn about this process and you know she talked about you know what it was a little bit the product and her passion and you know i i immediately liked what she had done like what and and um how she communicated the, the passion for getting this product developed. And so we we met and then we decided to meet, you know, further to talk about it um, outside of this, you know, event. And as we started meeting, we just started talking and I, you know, being an entrepreneur and being on the mentor side too, as well as the development side, I kept asking her questions like, have you done this? Have you, have you thought about that? And I'll, you know, Lindsay kept thinking, wow, yeah, she kept saying, we need that. We need this. We still need this. We need to, you know. And so, anyway, we just decided and we we continued meeting. And, um, you know, I really liked the product. Uh, When I have worked with others in the past, you know, there's various questions that I ask. Um, After 30 years in business of seeing numerous, numerous devices, I mean, probably thousands, you know, is this a product that fits a need? is is it something that uh can be manufactured and is it something that you know would have a marketing base what you know who is going to buy this? So these are the kinds of things that I think of and do they check the box and if they check the box, it you know move it forward if they don't, you know you have to somehow explain to them as a mentor as kindly as you can maybe you should rethink the device or, Maybe there's a way to change it or you know, something. Um, but anyway, so in Lindsay's case, she checked all the boxes and I immediately upon meeting her and Kyle, um, it was there was a lot of synergy. So it it was really where Lindsay had the clinician side, Kyle fit the engineering side and could develop these rapid prototypes, as she mentioned pretty quickly. Uh it's been it was 37 iterations of our product. And I brought in the manufacturing side with the materials, the contacts for who we could talk to, to manufacture this, where do we go, you know, in a marketing plan and what do we need to like the FDA process, packaging, all the, all the things I I really look at from start to finish. And that was something that, you know, we could, where one picked off, the other one came, came on board. And so the team was really essential to get this product to be launched, really, to get it to where it is.
4: That's a really fun story to hear about, I and mean, a little bit of how you guys kind of came together. And again, I think one of the burning questions that's on a lot of people's minds when we are talking to companies and founders that have had success and are, are onto something really neat and great is a little bit of the origination story, but it is how you surround yourself. And so we keep touching on this theme, which is wonderful, that it really started through this mentor program that the two of you were paired up with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Lindsay was, um, you know, as a nurse, was mentoring through just in general, something that was biggest part of your career prior to jumping into more of the business industry side of things? Or was that something that you found a little bit more of once you said, you know what, I'm going to test the waters here. What, what kind of led you there?
3: I love that question, actually. And that makes me think, um, you know, you have your nurse, you know, your nurse mentors on the floor. I had the nurses that I knew, uh, one named Janine, Janine Davis, who was my nurse mom, right? She was the one who really was the one I would always go to. And you have those mentors. So I think I was always, I always, I was one who always asked a lot of questions and tried to to learn, always trying to learn. Um, it took on a new level. When you get to the business side of things, I would say it was a uh, it was a level up by far because all of a sudden, you know I I went through a program to be able to know when I needed to adjust different medications for my patient's patient's blood pressure or you know, if I knew what labs we needed to order order things like that. but this was a whole new space. And so one of the things that I say a lot when I talk is I had to talk to a lot of people that knew a lot more than I did about a lot of things. Um, and and that's that's the only way this happened. And it, it was starting through any, it was beyond that mentoring program, too. It was also, you know, getting in in touch with our local kind of entrepreneurial, you know groups. It was getting in touch with um people from the university. and, and you have to filter through a lot of people, too. Not everyone is going to be a good mentor. Uh, but finding the synergy is really important. And, and Mm -hmm. finding that like, and, and then kind of, it's, it's amazing how it develops you as an individual too. I I would say, you know, where you learn to piece through information and, and forge your own path forward along while respecting Mm -hmm. these mentors' expertise, but still making your own decision. Um, and that's an important, that was an important learning, I would say too. So
4: Well, I love the comment that you made of not everyone is always meant to be fit for to be the right mentor and maybe not at the right fit at the right time. Um, one of the best mentors I've ever had, the first session I when I sat down and spoke with her, she said, you know, don't, don't think of it as mentors. Start thinking of it as you create your own personal brand of your, your board of directors. And having that into perception um, or that kind of perception has been something that's always helped me when choosing, you know, these are the group of people that I really want to turn to when trying to figure out this part of that. So, you know, again, as you, you kind of ventured into this business aspect, starting your own business, running your own company, all of that, what, what are the things that you watch for that make a good fit for you as a mentor? Um, You know, what are the things it's kind of like you checked all of Pat's boxes for her to be able to join you and help you on this venture. What are the boxes she checked for you to help kind of lead into that?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I think, and that's, and I hadn't heard that story from past perspective. So that was actually, I'm sitting here kind of like, oh my gosh, this is so neat. Um, Cause yeah, um, I think, you know, someone that you can work with closely where you can communicate well together is really important. And Pat and I think are able to, through the thick and the thin of it, we both know, we both have the best in mind for each other and for the company. That That is our motivation. That is what, and there's always an understanding um, with that the skill sets you know is is it someone who's going to listen is it someone who's going to um who's going to complement your skill set and and be much better at a lot of other things than you if if they're going to be part of your team so i think there's team and and mentorship you know with with a mentor it's sometimes you know who's willing to listen and invest in you and then direct you um, someone who said, well, I may not know, but this person may know. And I think um, when it came to bringing, I'm so privileged that Pat decided to join our team and Kyle, but because both of them had options and specifically Pat, she, she could have worked with so many companies and joined so many companies, but she chose ours. and And that is a, a huge compliment and and just it was without her, we wouldn't be where we are. And so I think it's you work well with them, you can listen to each other, and you can catalyze each other's skill sets so that you bring out the best in each other, specifically on a team. Um, and I, I like what you said, Abby. I feel like when it comes to mentorship too, it's a little bit of a flow. You have mentors that come and go. Sometimes they'll be really important for that early phase. Uh And then they kind of, they may not be as important later on, but the new people will come and that's not a problem. That's not a bad thing at all. It's important.
5: Lindsay, it's great, great to see you and to be with you. And I feel like we, uh, we keep, we keep meeting up virtually at one of these times. I'll have to like meet over coffee or maybe in this cafe um, that's here in our background. But you know, I think we're both big advocates for our profession as nurses. And I'm thinking about our our listeners today who may also be nurses themselves, or they could be companies that probably need to have a nurse or may have nurses um, working with them. And I want to first address those nurses that might be listening or other clinical people. It could be a doctor pharmacist, respiratory therapist. Lindsay, you know that we as nurses have a gazillion workarounds every day um, because of lack of innovation in our workspace. And I want you to speak for just a minute to our healthcare providers that might have an idea and they're just really, they just need to know, how do I get started? What would you recommend to them?
3: Yeah, that's, I mean, if I, I love talking to nurses and I love being able to to, to try to, any any chance I get to talk to a nurse, I like to try to take it um, or, or a, healthcare, a healthcare professional is trying to do this. Cause I will say at the beginning of those talks, like, so I knew nothing about medical device and I knew nothing about business. And yet, you know, here we are able to make this progress again, partially because of mentorship, because of team, because um, of your ability, you know, to start. What you want to do is write down your idea, first of all write down all of the things that it could be, all of the things that it should and shouldn't do and be as broad as possible, as broad as possible. So um, could it be made out of, it could be made out of metal. It could be made out of plastic. It could be made out of this. It could have this. Um, Sign it, date it, send it to yourself in the U.S. Postal Service and have a copy for yourself and don't open that. So that first of all helps protect whatever idea you have. Then I think it's, right. I think it's so important to get out of the building, get out and talk to people. Even though, like I said, I was a nurse, but the only way we developed a product that ended up solving so many issues that nurses talked to, to us about over and over again, the safety events they recounted to us over and over again was by hearing those stories, mm-hmm. working with a team that could translate those into a product. So get out there. And what they had us do in some of these programs is, okay start to list what are all the values that you believe this product that your product or service that you're creating might bring. And then make another column, another list of who are all of the people that would be impacted by that. All the people that might be touched by that problem, whether they're a purchasing decision maker, whether they're the the person who would end up using it, um, whether, you know, whatever it is. And what they had us do is start to, you make hypotheses. So I think that a nurse would use a device that saves them time every day in a way that their current solution doesn't. I go out of the building, go talk to nurses and don't don't talk about your idea. Just talk about their problems. Just talk about their problems and see if you can answer that, those hypotheses, and you'll you'll find out so much more. and by doing that with what we had, um, by, by asking those questions, getting in front of nurse managers, clinical nurse specialists, nurses, FDA consultants, um, salespeople, we were able to answer questions that were really critical, um, and refined what this product looked like at the, you know, in so many ways. And then, and then Pat came on when we'd really re- refined those requirements and like, this is what this needs to do. And this is why. Um, And it was, it was driven by the nurses on the front lines. It was driven by the clinicians and every feature could be supported by, by interviews that we'd had with them and what they said, Pat was able to then be like, okay, let's, let's figure out how to manufacture this. And she did. And she like, and so I think writing down your idea, signing it, dating it, being very careful who you share it with, but going and talking about the problem. Get out there, talk to everybody who experiences it in any fashion or form,
5: and get that information. Is Lindsay? That's that's brilliant, and um, I can I see the uh, bio design process in your thinking there too. You know, really making sure you understand that clinical need. Um, Pat, I'm going to bring my next question to you, and. Obviously, Lindsay's talked really beautifully about the partnership that you have, and you know, really understanding that everybody on the team um, brings a different skill set. And I would love for you, you know, we're talking about women in med tech today. So, you as a as a, a business professional, what is it like interacting with a clinician innovator, um, where they do come with gaps in the business knowledge, and how do you? How do you leverage your strengths and their strengths to really? It sounds like you guys have an amazing relationship. So, what do you think are some of the things that you bring that you could share with others in med tech um, on how to do what you're doing so well?
1: Well, thank you for the question. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as Lindsay mentioned, like we do have a close relationship, and I think you know that was one of the things that attracted me to what they were doing and and their advice. I mean, I think knowing it was a For us, there's a class one device and um, in working and and moving that idea forward, you know, what does that all entail? And just going down, like, first of all, the steps, like we spent hours, Lindsay and I, hours in the conference room. I mean, there was a whiteboard and we'd map out, Okay, this is what we need to do for this process. And she didn't really understand, like, the manufacturing side like I did. Like, nope. correct. please tell me what it is. Like, you say, you know, when we'd have these conversations, like, well, it's going to be three weeks for this, three weeks for that, you know, and then we go down, you know, the development and early stage, what is manufacturing process, getting tooling, then we have the FDA. And so then we, we ended, I ended up one day just writing it all out. And we took pictures of it and we actually mapped it out. And that that to me was, you know, second nature. And for her, it was kind of discovering, okay, she knows what she, she knows this problem. She has the, the background to be able to know what's needed and the clinician input. But then let's look at what else, these are the steps we needed to go to go from point A from this prototype through to a product ready to market. And I think it helped her. It helped clarify and we put timelines to it. We walked through it and we had a lot of learning experiences like that, where we would just sit and we would talk about things. And sometimes You know, it was great because it was a bonding thing. Not only did we talk about manufacturing, we talked about everything. We talked about life. We talked about her family, my family, you know, and things we were doing. And so the relationship grew. I mean, we got a lot done. We accomplished a tremendous amount. But we did the same thing when it came to, okay, you know, we've got this FDA. What are the processes? What's our timeline? Every step of the way. And then so it went from the early stage production through manufacturing, we got building a tool through the FDA process approval. And then what does it take now for marketing? We got to, first of all, we got to have packaging for this product. It has to meet specifications. And then, you know, what do we need to now market this? We're branding this product. We're branding our company. First, you know, like our company brand and how do we name the product, build that. So we had many sessions and and then over that time frame, you know, time just flies. And like we, because we had this team that had all these experiences, we were able to accelerate the timeline to launch the, to to get through that whole product and be ready for launch in a a lot faster than most corporate, um, larger corporations could do. So I think, you know, it was great. Lindsay is open to ideas. She was she was fantastic with picking up new things. And, you know, again, she had the clinician side, but she was also great at never saying no. It was kind of one of those. I just want to learn. What do we do? What are our next steps? And and we forged through it. And, you know, we now at this point can finish each other's sentences because we have been through all this together. It's been it's been a bonding situation. Um, And, you know, every milestone has just been great, like achievements like we try to also recognize that, you know, this is a lot of hard work. This just doesn't happen by itself. We put in a lot of hours, but there's also great rewards when we got to see a patient with our product on there, you know, that needed it on their. We were all in tears. We were, it was just fantastic day. So. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that timeline
4: and and, and how that all came to be? So, I mean, we know Lindsay had this great, great idea and she went and spent a lot of time doing what I think a lot of founders have a hard time doing. And that's getting that voice of customer, understanding, you know, is this something that's going to be helpful to you that you will actually utilize and is easy to save you time combined with, you know, and then listening to their feedback and actually molding something into that. To connecting with you to actually having it onto a patient? What was that actual timeline like? And what were some of those brick walls as far as, um, you know, that maybe you had to pivot
1: really quickly to try to come over over that? So, so um, as we developed our timeline, you know, um, we had to look at the right manufacturing sources, and also line up our FDA process. So are we? Were, we had to first define: is this considered a Class One device? Is this considered a Class Two device? Because there's regulatory requirements that align with both, and so getting that defined, um, that was a big hurdle. And understanding the processes. So lining up our manufacturing, who could the potential? Who are potential candidates? And they had to have the right certifications for medical device development. And, um, you know, to be certified as a 1345 um, entity and 9001 is also important. So they they follow specific guidelines for medical device and knowing that they are that is their dedicated um, business. So developing med devices, because then you're going to have a quality that's above your average manufacturer and then. Within that time frame, you develop. Okay, what is you have this qualification time frame, and then you once you have these narrow these people narrowed down, whoever the the manufacturers might be. So for us, we have components. We have different components that go. It's an assembly, so it's a it's a wearable armband assembly. So there's um, a number of components that are made by different people. So getting that all those manufacturer people aligned. And, um and then setting the timeline for okay one we do know we, we have this person contracted it takes X number of weeks for them to do the design to finalize it it's designed for manufacturing So this is different than a prototype so it's getting it ready for manufacturing then we're going into um the FDA like whatever we need in parallel we'll do, we're doing this start the conversation with the FDA figure out, Okay. yes, we're a class one. What are the what is the testing that we need to do? So all along this time frame. There could be stumbling blocks like, okay, we we know we need to have um, our cytotoxicity. We're testing materials. We have to have biocompatibility. This is an armband. So we have to have skin. We have to do skin tests and all of these have to have. A t- there's a time frames attached to the testing. So it were tested for up to 30 days where, but because of that, you know, these are in labs being tested for this length of time. So you might turn in your sample product sample and they test it and it sits at this lab doing their testing for weeks while you're doing other things. So there's a lot of things going along in parallel. And I think as far as, you know, brick walls, we We talked to a number of FDA people until we we got to the point where we had the pers- the right person for us, the right fit because there's some out there. There's numerous people out there and groups out there. But we ended up being very fortunate. and again, I think it was a networking um that that helped us uh, and got us to the person that we have now. And um we're so happy. Valerie Falwell and she has years of experience, a former Baxter person, Hospira, um, Medline. So she has had the experience that we needed on that side. And then, you know, it's just all these things, typically they have to fall in the time frame. and then there's delays. There could be a delay like, oh, during COVID and in, in when we were doing this, this was during COVID time or towards the end of people that were in quarantine getting to meet with these people and getting materials supplies that we needed to get all this done was hard to do at times. So that would cause a delay. Or, I mean, there were various delays that would change our timeframes, but ultimately we were still on the fast track. And I kept having to mention that to Lindsay, like, This would not be getting done if we didn't have all these experts here, if we weren't bringing in all these. It was a lot of personal relationships and contacts that I've made over the years that allowed us to accelerate our process faster. So um, there's there's always different ways, different things that you come up with. But I think having networking resources and the ability to, okay, let's look at this a little differently and then keeping... The team like calm in that this is it's not going to be a no. This isn't going to stop our device. You know, this is just going to help us. And, you know, we just have to be patient. We still are moving faster than most companies. So <laughs> and honestly, because of the expertise involved with everybody, we were able to move this to our launch and probably. Moved it forward at least two years of conventional Timeline that it would have taken a larger Fortune
2: 100, Fortune 500 company to get this going. So, Pat, this is this is great because you've had such wonderful experiences that could allow all that to happen during the course of your career. Um, for our audience' sake, is. Have you seen a change in the rise of women in leadership positions in medtech have you seen it improve over time and what do you think might have turned the corner on that
1: So yes definitely Barbara I mean I when I started out in you know my career I was one of two women that were like in a room of 300 men like in professional organizations and every time, like we would walk in, everybody would look like, "Oh, there's women here," and so it it was one of those things where like we had to kind of earn, like we had to overprove ourselves just to be accepted, like in what would be a normal, um, a normal accepted professional environment. And I think that has ch- I've seen that change over the years. There's there's definitely there's more women engineers. There's more women in manufacturing, but it's still not comparable to what I would say, you know, the, the equal amount with men. So there's still that, but it has gotten better over the years. And um, and I think more women supporting women in these roles is helpful. hmm. We had a great opportunity for Barbara and I to
0: connect with Pat and Lindsay before this conversation, doing some pre-work. And during that conversation, Barbara had you know, brought up a similar talking point of, of something that she really wanted to know that we were going to cover today. And then that led me down a rabbit hole of specifically in the, you know, because Pat made a comment about, you know, there's no, there, there have not been women in manufacturing. It was just me. And that really led me into looking at the STEM careers and engineering and manufacturing And I found in the 2021 U.S. Census that in 1970, women made up 8% of STEM workers. And by 2019, the STEM proportion had increased to 27%. But that's not representative of the fact that 48% of the workforce is women. So, you know, although we've come such a long way, which is, you know, wonderful, Pat, for you to have helped lead the charge of, you know, somebody has to be there for others (laughs) to emulate. How do we really encourage this next generation, the people, you know, maybe it's the the ones who are still in high school or just coming, you know, looking at college and thinking, you know, what should my field be? How do we get them into these fields? How do we get them excited about what opportunities there
1: are? Right. I, so I think there's a lot of programs. There's, there, there's the STEM events that they're trying to prom- that they are promoting now and holding, like encouraging those like Women that are interested in math and science and, you know, when I was younger, I was not, you know, encouraged to be an engineer or in in manufacturing. But, you know, my I had family that were in those roles, but it wasn't something that was traditionally for women. And I would encourage that and support. And Lindsay and I have talked about this, like the mentoring for us is really important and, you know, paying it forward, really, because. We want to be able to help those that, in the case of in nursing and anyone, these these young minds, we want to encourage and build them and, and build them up. Like these are professional areas that we need to see more women and participating in these events or, you know, for us sponsoring, are there, are there scholarships, are there foundations that we can help push forward that encourages this, you know, and that, I think that's one of the, Lindsay and I goals as as this company succeeds to establish things like that. I love that. And Lindsay, I I want to just uh,
5: give a little shameless plug to the San Ciel organization, <laughs> which which we're both members of. So the Society yeah. of Nursing innovators, entrepreneurs, nurses, leaders, and scientists. Um and just want to, you know, give you an opportunity to speak about, you know, how can we continue to get more nurses and more healthcare professionals, doctors, pharmacists, respiratory therapists, how can we continue to get them um, in an opportunity where they have the opportunity to grow their own ideas, just like you have?
3: I think some of it is, some of what we've talked about is being being out there and being an example of, of being a nurse in the profession that is moving into this space. Um, and Pat, thank you for, spe- like there's so much to what she has done and all these things that I had no idea about that I'm just glad you got to really showcase and talk about that, just putting that plug out there too. But when you talk about, I think there's such an opportunity to bring healthcare providers and practitioners into this space. Um, even when we talk about med tech and women in med tech, you know, I've had mm-hmm. so many nurses. I, I, I like to get as involved as I can, you know, in... SanCiel and the American Nurses Association Innovation um, Advisory Groups. I'm on their tech devices uh, advisory uh, group. And and one of the biggest questions I get asked is just there's a gap in understanding of how do I even enter this space? What do you even mm-hmm. do? How do you even set foot in this med tech space? And I think there's some some siloing, but there's such an opportunity um, to bring more women into the space. As in healthcare, you, the ratios are a little different for how many women there are, mm-hmm. um, specifically in nursing. And nurses are looking for ways to flex their skills, to try something new. I um, We're you know working on, like with Sancial and the ANA, trying to bring more nurses in to mentor, to look at what is this pathway? You have an idea, now what? Yep. and introduce people to this med tech space. But I think the interdisciplinary piece is so important to hear too, right? Because there are things that Pat can speak to that I could never, I couldn't speak to. I can't, it's just not my expertise. And one of the things that we we are, we submitted a journal article recently with my group through the American Nurses Association Tech Devices Innovation Committee um, about through the Interdisciplinary Journal of Professional Partnerships I believe that's what it is. Uh Inter- International Journal of Interdisciplinary Partnerships. <laughs> Talking about the importance of having, you know, the collaboration, bringing the clinical the clinical people in to be part of um to be to be part of the process when it comes to med tech. and I think we could help fill some of these gaps, but so I think mentorship, getting your face out there as someone who's an example of a clinician who has moved into this space and then and then helping just guide the next generation
1: in. Right. I think that's, I, I'm along the same lines with Lindsay and same thoughts with getting mentors and this mentoring women, this um, in, in innovation. Like when we go in trials and do trials in hospitals, we constantly, we're showing the product, we're trying it on patients. And we, I've had... Nurses, there. Well, I have an idea for a product. How, what do I do? So, there's so many of them, and and they need help. They need to know it's okay. You know, there are resources. There are ways to get your developed your device developed, and even just um, you know where to start. And like Lindsay mentioned, write the idea down, mail it to yourself. U.S. Postal is that stamp and that time. Will be your resource if anybody else challenges that device go, you know, at some point. So getting that, it doesn't cost any, you know, other than your stamp, just do it and start talking to people.
0: I think it's such a great perspective, um, especially because our last Women in MedTech episode was about the importance of mentorship as well as finding your own and and then giving back. And I love the fact that that is a pervasive theme in today's episode as well. That really shows what a foundational topic it is. And it is something that we all should be getting involved in. I know we're at the end of our time here, so I want to make sure that we get an opportunity for any final thoughts or questions. So I'm going to have Barbara kick us off.
2: Well, it was so refreshing to hear all your viewpoints uh, from where you've been and where you've gone. And I think one of the key things that's always been uh, one of the things that I um, really reinforce with MedTech is talk to a lot of people about products or what you're thinking about products. And you know, focus groups, and you've got a built in one with with nursing and all, because then you'll really learn what is needed and at what level and things. So I think that was some just wonderful advice that you've taken for yourselves as well. Thank you.
4: Um, yeah, I mean, thank you both again for joining us. I think we could have gone on for, for hours on end. Maybe we'll have to look at doing a part two, three, and four uh, over the next year or so. But, um, you know, you both had some really great insights. And, uh, you know, looking at the broader theme here of just not only elevating clinicians that might come up with really great ideas and, you know, all of us having clinical backgrounds um, that, that are on this panel and, and things like that and, and to where we are within the industry, um, of course we get really excited over it um, but you know highlighting that the biggest piece is always understanding that you you can't be myopic with it and talking to as many people as possible and keeping your mind open after sending that idea to yourself so that you do have yourself protected is going to be key um, so but you know very inspiring and looking forward to uh, hopefully meeting and coming across both of you in person down the road
5: Stephanie Stephanie Yeah, it's been really great chatting with you guys today. And um, Lindsay and Pat, two things really stood out to me. One, you both obviously have a passion to solve these clinical needs. Um, So kudos to you for the work that you've done to truly understand that. Thank you, because one day we will all be a patient. Um, And the other thing that really stood out was surround yourself with people who have knowledge you don't have and be okay with that. Be vulnerable and be okay with that. And I think that's one of the key success components I see in in innovation and innovators. So kudos to you both. We'll continue to follow your success and thanks for spending time with us today.
0: I completely agree with Abby. I wish we had more time for today's episode. It was such a great conversation. And I'm already thinking of, you know, 10 additional questions we didn't get time for today. Networking and finding people that are passionate about your space is pivotal to success. Surrounding yourself with your personal board of directors to steal another thing from Abby is, you know, those who are complimentary with your skills, people who want and want to champion your success and knowing that those mentors may change throughout your life. It's the right person at the right time. It's wonderful to hear from those who are so passionate about the future of healthcare and medical technology, solving needs, especially at the bedside, and that go beyond colleagues to friends, I think is incredibly special. Thank you for taking the time to join us today, Lindsay and Pat. For our audience, if you've not already done so, be sure to subscribe and we look forward to having you on future episodes. Thank you.